1: 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
0: You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause.
2: a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to
3: the Pelicans podcast presented as always by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined as always by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer and Jim, we're we're still recovering a little bit from a little heartbreak, but uh, you know I'm feeling all right today. Today's a new day. It feels like.
4: Yeah, Joe. Let's start fresh at the uh, beginning of what is week four of the NBA schedule. Week three had some had some heartbreaking moments, as you as you mentioned, a couple bitter ones. I mean, I don't want to talk about <laughs> the Lakers game and the game on Saturday against Atlanta. I think were pretty similar in a lot of ways in terms of. You start off behind. You don't have a very good first half. You make a immense rally comeback. You take the lead. You have a chance to win it in the final minute of regulation. You end up going to overtime. So it's uh, it's frustrating to see how many close games the Pelicans have lost so far, and obviously they're zero three in overtime games, which that's a lot of overtime games to have played.
3: Yeah, especially when you only lost four.
4: Right. You've only lost one game in regulation. I guess that would <laughs> yeah. mean. But um, but I mean overall. I, Moving forward, I feel like this this next stretch of games where you have two you have two more road games against the Pacers and the Bulls, both teams that are kind of around five hundred, and then you have six straight home games, and then overall after this these uh, Chicago and Indiana road games this week, it's something like eleven out of the next fifteen are in the Smoothing King Center. So the way I look at it, I feel like obviously they could have a better record than five and four. They could be in better position through the first few weeks of the season. But I, I think this is an opportunity here coming up where you can really make some make up some ground and, and win some games and just put yourself in a lot better position in the standings. Yeah,
3: I mean, the, the losses have been frustrating, but the fact that they have been frustrating, I think, speaks to the quality of them. You know, the only yeah. game that I think was just sort of out of hand and, and you know, a lost, you knew it was going to be a loss, was that Suns game. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, as you said, they've all been in overtime, you know, and it's, it's all been... We just could not put it away. Missed free throws, empty possessions, lack of rebounding, stuff like that has sort of been shooting ourselves in the foot, but to be tested this early, hopefully it bodes well for the the rest of the season.
4: Yeah, I think the Phoenix game was probably the game where they were the most shorthanded. I mean, there's been several games where they've been missing key guys, but that was the one, I think, where the starting lineup and the rotation was probably least resembling what the plan was going into this season. But like you said... It's a good sign, I think. You know, obviously, it's a it stinks at the end of the night when you lose some of these games, and you look back at it and think that they, they could have easily won. But I think it's a good sign that in some of these some of these nights they haven't played well, and they're in great position to win. I think that was the case again Saturday against Atlanta. I don't think they played that well overall over the course of forty eight minutes, no. but a couple bounces of the ball that go differently at the end of the game, and you end up with a win, just like the game against the Lakers. So. Uh, there's a lot of things that they can improve and a lot of things they can get to bring together in terms of just the cohesiveness and the execution and as we talked about going into the season I mean the start of the schedule was not friendly at all and we didn't even realize that Utah was going to be as good as they are so um, to be five and four and hopefully be above 500 after you know 10 15 20 games that's a pretty drastic contrast to what we've experienced the last few years so that's what I'm hoping to see happens is that they can, uh, they can get everything to put everything together and start getting on a roll. It's been, it seems like it's been a win loss win loss every other game for the last couple weeks. But um, want to see them just get be more consistent and and like I said, maybe move up a few rungs in the West standings.
3: Yep, as Jim just said, you know a, a couple of plays here or there are the difference in three of these four losses. You know Brandon Ingram's what ten footer. Uh, at the end of the game, and, and, and the fourth uh, brought us, yeah, that could have gone in, very well brought us home with a win. Uh, but but honestly, it sort of felt like we were playing with house money in that Hawks game. You know, yeah. I mean, honestly, if we would have mm-hmm. won that game, it definitely would have felt like we'd have stolen it, especially in the fourth quarter, what, less than five minutes left. Uh, the Hawks led. I
4: think by 13 at
3: one at one point in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, they,
4: was... were, they were
3: 103-90 yep. we were behind mm-hmm. with, with less than five minutes left. So to rally like that. Get yourself in position to win, even if you can't pull it out. I, th- I think it speaks well to this team.
4: And you know, Joe, we were this close to. I'm not uh, savvy enough or technically uh, advanced enough to be able to do this, but we were this close to having people create those um, memes that have the the scoreboard that have like ATL 103 and yes. P90 with whatever however many minutes left. We were in the fourth quarter. Yep. And I started picturing that in the last minute of the. Uh, game because it would have been an epic uh, c- collapse by the, the Hawks to not be able to pull out that win after they were in such great position. Alas, it was not to be. So.
3: Unfortunately, we love a good Atlanta collapse here in New Orleans. <laughs> but unfortunately, on this night, they were able to pull it out. We've got Bally Sports' Joel Myers. Uh, you know him as the voice of the Pelicans on Bally Sports. And uh, look, we always love his calls. We always love his takes.
0: See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are like, you know, it's Creighton, you don't watch Creighton.
1: Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you know him,
3: you love him from Valley Sports, the one and only, the singular, Mr. Joel Myers. How are you doing, Joel?
5: Well, I'm glad somebody loves me down there. uh <laughs> Doing well, guys, and getting ready for the Indiana Pacers after you know a, a couple of tough games on the road so far. But like what the guys are doing, put it that way, the battles, the fights, and we can get into that as we talk, but. Doing well in Indiana and got a break. When you go to Indiana at this time of the year and you go to Chicago at this time of the year where the Pels are headed after the game tonight at 60 degrees, no complaint.
4: Yeah, that's not bad, Joel. I remember being stuck in I, – I hate to even bring this up again, but I remember being Don't stuck in up. Indiana for a few days. And I remember people were doing snow angels on the way to uh, launch a couple times and <laughs> a couple guys that had never really experienced legit winter as I have were – Trying to make the best of it, but anyways, I don't, I don't know why I went in that direction. But you're well, right. If you, wanted,
5: if you really want to get into it, it was a game against the Pacers. We should have left that night. Two full off days would have been afforded the uh, guys if they left that night. Yeah. But we stayed, mm-hmm. and there was a blizzard. Steak and Shake and White Castle were closed. That's how <laughs> bad a blizzard <laughs> it was. So uh, no, I don't remember it at all. When well, we could have had two <laughs> off days in Miami, yet we struggled to get out of Indianapolis. Thank you Jim, for bringing it up.
4: Sorry about that. Let's let's go uh, let's go positive here. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, yeah. the way that the team has started, and obviously, there's been a couple frustrating losses in in the past week or so. But I mean, how do you look at? I mean, obviously, they're five and four going into this game against the Pacers. How do you look at overall the way that they've started the season in terms of you know, obviously. They could have won a couple more games, but, it, I mean, to me, it just seems like they're kind of close to, to to clicking in and, and being where, you know, that maybe they can roll off some wins here.
5: Yeah, AD and I, Antonio Daniels and I, have talked about the fight and the way they battled, and they never quit. We started home against Utah, down 17, forced overtime. Utah got the best of them in overtime. Utah's getting the best of a lot of people because they got a lot of guys playing for contracts and, mm-hmm. and maybe even moving it out of there. Utah's got talent. Markinen, Clarkson, good on the list. And especially Mike Conley, Olenek. I mean, they have pros on Utah. So they I watched their game yesterday when they beat the Lakers. But um actually with the Clippers. I watched the I watched all the games yesterday. It was the Cavaliers yeah. that beat the Lakers. They did so, beat
4: they did beat the Lakers two days before that though, so you weren't far off. No, they ended up winning. No, and the they've
5: league. got the Lakers Kill and them. they've got the Lakers tonight in Salt Lake City. Right. Yeah. And yeah. what's interesting about that is the Lakers got there at a decent hour. And, of course, losing an hour, it'll be interesting to see if they got dead legs tonight because Utah, you know, played last night against the Clippers. So mm-hmm. late, late arrival for the home team. Uh, but I like the fight. They were down 13 with about five, five and a half to play against Atlanta for overtime. Could have won that game. A lot of things to like about this group. And, and more than anything else is the chemistry from within. So I like the fight that comes from Willie and the staff. They never quit. They, they got the guys motivated. And then there's the, as young as this team is, and most of them are young except for CJ, Jonas, Larry. But uh, I like the reads of some of the vets. Like CJ has been reading games really well. Mm-hmm. You know, CJ has already got three double doubles. He had three all the last season. And he's coming up off 29 and 10 in an efficient game against the Hawks. He read the game. They needed him after it was an early deficit. So I just like the way it's kind of like what is required the guys are reading the situation pretty well. And then Herb and, and Brandon are going to get back into the flow, and it's only going to get better. Take everything into perspective. The guys were 1-8 last yeah. year after yeah. nine games. They're 5-4, should have won the Lakers game, as we all know. That was a heartbreaker. So you're 6-3 and three if you take that game, and you're off to a pretty solid start in a really brutal Western Conference.
4: Joel, you mentioned how Utah, you know, has exceeded a lot of people's expectations as one of the teams that a lot of people projected to be, you know, in the bottom of the standings going into the year. I think the Pacers are obviously the Pacers are four and five coming into tonight, so it's not exactly the same situation. But they were another team that people, media people, projected in in their preseason stuff that they were going to be kind of towards the bottom of the league or the bottom of the East, anyways. What have you seen from them so far? What do you think we should expect from them tonight in terms of? It just seems like they've been better than than you know people thought they would be.
5: Well, Ben Mathurin is much better than you would think out of a number six pick. Yeah, you know he's he's ready to play. So Ben Mathurin is one thing, but Tyrese Halliburton—he's right now fourth in the league in assists, and he's averaging nine assists a game to go along with only twenty-two points and five boards and shooting. This is Halliburton, who's only 22 years old in his third year, shooting 50% overall and 44% on his threes, 88% at the line. Rookie, all-rookie first team back in the 2021 season for Sacramento. So he was part of the Sabonis deal. Mm-hmm. Matherin is drafted sixth overall, and he's, he's second behind Bankero among rookie scorers. Ivy's third, and Ivy's just a real good player for Detroit. I like their backcourt mm-hmm. down the road with Cunningham and Ivy. But th- they're coached really well. They've got a great offensive mind as the head coach. So Rick Carlisle is going to maximize what they can do offensively. And now the big man's healthy. Turner, he's just had a four and five block game. So they're getting contributions. And then Buddy, who we all know Buddy Love very well. Mm-hmm. The Buddy healed is hitting 43% of his three so far. So they can score. There's no question about that. They're trying to find out where Jalen Smith fits. But they've got nice components. And they've got chemistry developing already so they're ahead of schedule you know they're a game under 500 coming into the game tonight four and five two and two at home so far but there's a lot to like as everybody thought they would you know they'd be at the bottom no and they may eventually because they may move for for a additional first round picks for down the road they may move Turner and Buddy Hill with all the speculation around there so it's going to be a tough test there's no question and uh, they split the series the last two years the Pals and the Pacers, it's always tough. It's one of my favorite gyms, though, guys, in the NBA. The Fieldhouse is truly Mm -hmm. that. You know, what they built a long time ago in Indianapolis is the perfect structure. If you you want to go to a a real traditional basketball building, gym, arena, call it what you want, then come to the one in in downtown Indy.
3: Pelicans fans, we always worry that Buddy Heald's going to have a little something extra in the tank when he plays against us, so you always got to look out for his shooting. Joel, you know, some of these these losses have been just nail-biters, hard-fought. Three of the four losses that the Pelicans have had have come in overtime. What do you think the Pels can clean up to sort of make sure that doesn't happen? I mean, obviously we were happy to see Zion get a get a season-high 29 points last game. That was great. Seeing CJ get 29 points. But it just doesn't seem like we can all get clicking at the same time. B.I. shaking off a little rust, perhaps. But, but what do you think the Pelicans can do? to sort of help themselves in this game as they get ready for the Pacers?
5: Well, first of all, make your free throws. You know, they've not been great at the free throw line. I don't care if it's the beginning of the game or the end of the game. Out of 30 teams in the league right now, they're 19th in, in free throw percentage. And, and don't turn the ball over because points off turnovers have been killing them. And it's not the turnovers because they're at right under 14 a game. So they're 10th. They're doing a, a pretty good job. And they're 7th and assists but it's when you turn the ball over, like the first possession of overtime.
3: Yeah. So
5: it, it's the little things. And it's also when they occur. So it's, it's sometimes the numbers can lie. We always talk about that. Mm-hmm. Don't look at a box and know the impact of a guy just by looking at the numbers. That's the same way with missed free throws, turnovers. When did they occur? Missed layups, when it could have been tied, but it goes to four instead. It's all little things. And they're going to grow, with guys. It's real interesting because after one and twelve and three and sixteen, it's it's the little things that can be corrected. That's the plus. And I was a shooter, I was a long shoot around this morning, and these guys are bonding. These guys are together. So there's chemistry on the floor, off the floor, and and the staff's doing a really good job. The preparation is there. It's now just the execution. So it's really that close. And I don't know if you guys saw the story uh, in the ringer, but it's a huge story with 10 different sections, basically uh, about the Pels and how they could be a factor before it's all said and done this year. And I agree. If the Pels stay healthy, they're going to be an issue, a real problem down the road.
4: Yeah. I definitely want to read that article. I haven't had a chance to, to see it yet. Um, I know it's by Kevin O'Connor who does a really good job with, I, I enjoy the podcast that he does with Chris Vernon on the ringer network um, last thing from me, Joel. Um, we we talked about some of the guys that have had to come back from injuries, missing you know a week or a few games, with Brandon Ingram and Herb being a couple of those examples. What did you see or like about what you saw from Herb um, in the game against Atlanta? It seemed like that was a, a really nice performance by him.
5: Well, what Herb does is let the game come to him. That's what I. It's kind of like Herb in life; he doesn't force anything. Yeah, he's just kind of. a He lets it come to him. He's very mature. I I talked to his dad. He's very, very mature Mm -hmm. for a guy that's only 24. So, you know, your point, 19 points up to 13. But he had four misses at the free throw line. He's got to make his free throws. He's going to get there. He's a good player. Nine boards, a couple of dimes, three steals. He did everything well in 34 minutes of play out there uh, in the Atlanta game. But it's just all the little things. Herb's. He's an integral part of what the Bells are doing. Dyson's going to be the same way because those two guys, they can defend. Not a lot of guys come into the league and know how to defend or know how to play at the pace, the rhythm of an NBA game, which is totally different from anything else, but they get both of them. And Dyson's only 19. Give me a break. So no, Herb is just, he fits. He he doesn't need the ball. Doesn't require the ball. He can hit the three occasionally. So a lot of good things. And then you have the the, the versatility of Jonas, who's a double-double machine. And his minutes are down, but his numbers aren't down, are they? His right. minutes are down, but man, oh, man, another double-double. 13 and 17 against Atlanta. And then the versatility of Larry, who can be a small ball five. And can guard a number of positions. So you can switch more. So, th- th- it, as I say, it's nine games in, one more tonight. We're basically an eighth of the way through the schedule, uh, but you like everything that's developing because it's only going to get better. Those those close games are going to go your way. So, and, and out of the, you could have won two of the three overtime games. Yes, there's no question about that. The the Utah game, you expended so much down the stretch to get back into that game. That's not a surprise to lose that when you're down 17. But the other two, that's how close you are that, across the board. That's how good it is right now.
3: Yeah, you know, Jim and I were talking about it off the air, you know, it's it's sort of a you hate to take a loss, but there's there's a lot of dignity in all of these losses. Even the even the one that that wasn't in overtime. It gets the Suns. Sure, that's the Suns. And then you see the other losses, you know, to put yourselves in a position to even win those games. I mean, coming off a back-to-back facing the Hawks who are scrappy and good and then to come back in that fourth quarter put yourself in a position to even steal it. Uh like you said, Joel, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about the
5: rest of this season. Well, Joe, when you talk about it, remember Phoenix is seven and two. Yeah. Atlanta is six and three. They're both road games. You weren't at home. You didn't have the that energy you get from your own building. Mm-hmm. And the role players, as A D always tells me, and he's right. Antonio Daniels is on target when he says the role players are always better at home. They yeah. you feed off the energy of the, the crowd, your teammates. So And now you face an Indiana team that surprised everybody. And Indiana may be in the toughest division in the NBA. And I thought going in this year, I thought going in it was going to be the Southwest Division because of the Pels, Memphis, and and Dallas. And San Antonio's played well. Mm -hmm. You know they fight for great for Pop, but Milwaukee, Cleveland, and Chicago—that's they're bears in the Central. Milwaukee is nine and zero. Cleveland's just eight and one. So Indiana's in a really tough division. (laughs) So and they're coming off a two point win over Miami. Every night's going to be a test. You can get through the first 11 because we've talked about it, guys. of the first 11 on the road, you get through the first 11, and now you got a game home stand. Yeah, we're ready for get some well. home.
4: We're ready for yeah, some get home Get well, just
5: yep. go into it over 500. That's sure. going to be the key.
3: Yeah, well, we're just happy to have some of our guys back, see what the Pelicans can knock off some rust You know, at full strength on this road trip, and then just be healthy at home. Joel, we're looking forward to hearing your calls for all these games on the road over on Valley Sports. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today.
5: Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
6: And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
3: Oh, big thanks to Joel Myers of Valley Sports. He's always fun. He's always informative. Always telling me where to get that great juice. Jim, uh, you know, I've seen you stomping around today. I've seen you, uh, you know, like in the parking lot, not punching cars, though. Just kind of hip, hip, hooray and kind of little skip
4: in your step. I don't know. I would think you have a gym rant, but you seem a little too happy. <laughs> well, Joe, that's a very excellent observation. I, I I appreciate that you have you are so tuned into the vibes that I'm generating today i'm starting to meld with you you and and you know it it kind of occurred to me that there's been so much negativity in the nba over the first few weeks in terms of some of the off the court stuff that's happened yeah some of the specific issues that various players coaches uh, everyone else has been causing and you know what i want to go the other direction today i want to be positive a
3: positive gym right
4: and you know this time of year as everyone knows you see a lot of negative TV commercials with uh, the big day tomorrow, with everyone everyone going out we sure to Sure do. You see a lot of this negativity. This candidate is gonna lock your family in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm not gonna go negative today. There we go. I'm not gonna go negative on you. I'm I'm actually gonna go positive.
3: Uh oh. I think I've got a positive Jim rant intro here. Hey everybody. It's time for a Jim rant. Jim rant. Jim rant. Jim rant. Rant. That's right. A Jim rant. (laughs) Jim rant. Alrighty, bro. Jim, let's go with something positive. We all need it right now in these dark and trying
4: times. Yes, indeed, we do, Joe. And you know. I, I was thinking about it. You know, there's been, as I mentioned, there's been a, a lot of gloomy stories, a lot of things that have just made people frown. I wanted to talk about something that makes me smile and I think should make people in New Orleans be happy in terms of something that's happened in the NBA, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks are 9-0. and You might not know it, actually. I, I do think that there is some has been some media coverage of it, but people are so much. overwhelmed by everything else that it's easy to forget or not even notice that, hey, this team that just won the championship a couple years ago in a very small market is the only undefeated team left in the NBA. And I've also thought a lot about Giannis and Tentacupo. I mean, this guy is, to me, is just the model of what we should be looking for from some of the top guys in the NBA, some of the star players. I mean, Joe, do you remember when Giannis demanded a trade? You know, I don't remember that. Do you remember when that time that he tried to get his coach fired? You know that that one eludes me as well. Yeah, uh, do you remember when he? You know how all the times he kept talking about either explicitly or just kind of subtly put in put out digs about how he thought that you know Milwaukee is too small of a market for him and that you know maybe he needed to go somewhere else because it's yeah, no. just too big for that. Somehow place. I missed that. Yeah. Do you remember, you know, all the times that he's been condescending to the media and pretty much everyone around him like talked down to people, you know, said, like, hey, I know more than you do about these fifty-seven subjects, so yeah. who are you to even question me? Must have missed that with Giannis, you know? Yeah, so a- anyways, I-, I say all that just to point out the fact that I mean, this guy, I have so much respect for him because he's doing everything the right way. Yeah. I feel like he's been in, in all of the negative stuff that we've talked about, including, you know, obviously things that have happened in New Orleans, he's gone in the, the other one. He's done a 180. He's done the gone in the complete opposite direction. I respect everything that he's done. And I'm just I'm just pleased to see the success that that team has had. I feel like when you do things the way he he does, when you conduct yourself. The way that he has, it's it. It makes me happy just to see the results that the, that he's getting.
3: Same. It's 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 nice to see hard work and the proper behavior rewarded. And honestly, like you said, not being covered. Uh, it's it's the the media is too busy chasing cars or just like chasing ambulances with oh mm-hmm. the Lakers are terrible. Oh, Kyrie Irving posted something terrible. And, uh, yeah, no, not many clicks for just good, wholesome stories. You're not going to see many things on the news about, you know, hey, the dog was rescued today. Uh, it's more, you know, hey, why death is coming for us all and how you're next.
4: And, exactly. Uh,
3: the NBA coverage is just the same. Hey, this team's terrible. They should
4: be great. What about the team that uh, should be good and indeed is? Right. And I, I listen to several NBA podcast shows, and I've heard a lot of people say lately, like, I'm just worn out from talking about all this negative stuff. So just wanted to bring that to the forefront. I think in addition <sighs> to the story that Milwaukee has been so far, the the play on the court, I think has been great so far. There've been so many good games. The Pelicans have played in a lot of them themselves in terms of obviously the multiple overtime games, but a lot of good stories. Um, yeah. Cleveland is eight and one um, after they picked up Donovan Mitchell, who's been fantastic. I mean, we mentioned them briefly earlier but utah is in second place in the west at eight and three after shocking people thought that they were going to be you know trying to be one of the worst teams in the league so just a lot of really fun stories a lot of a lot of stuff so my my final message is just uh let's not get bogged down so much by all the bad stuff that's happening yes there's a lot of good things happening in the nba i'm jim eichenhofer and i approve this message yes
3: rainbows i enjoy that jim we needed some some lightheartedness in these dark times and like you said the nba is a good product right now we we were always told you had a jim rant about the race to the bottom i remember it uh, it struck fear into my heart and you haven't really seen that you've seen i mean there there are a few just genuinely bad teams
4: but not that many
3: it seems like there's a lot of lot of fight in the NBA teams this season.
4: Yeah, the standings are kind of upside down in terms of the predictions that people made before the year started. So that's been fun to see as well. I mean, I think at some point, in some some cases, we underrate just how motivated some of the players are. I think Utah's a good example of. Obviously, we're not in their locker room. We don't know what they're talking about when they're discussing their team, but you got to figure there's some guys in there that are saying to each other these guys this the the whole country thinks we're going to be terrible we'll yeah. we'll show them what we can do yeah. and they had a they had a great win against the clippers i mean they're 8 and 3
3: yeah. they've
4: already won probably i think some people thought they were going to win 15 games they've already won half as many games and we're not even at thanksgiving so um just a just a good story and it's been fun i mean i feel like it's been very difficult to predict the outcomes of a lot of these games even though not everyone in the media and I I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing everyone cuz I'm not but there there definitely are people who throughout the whole offseason act like they know exactly what's going to happen and then yeah. the season starts and it's like oh wait never mind on. right exactly well
3: and look and a lot of passive nba fans they only know the stars they know like certain teams have certain superstars and look all the major networks or they they love stars but a lot of good team basketball this season, a lot of teams that don't have a lot of marquee names. And it's sort of, it's fun to watch in terms of getting to know some of these players who are sort of up and coming or Mm -hmm. just good pieces to a team. And I think a lot of people who may be more passive NBA fans are going to start to know some of those names with the way some of these teams and the way some of the makeup of these teams are playing.
4: Yeah. And I think this is a longer discussion for maybe a future Jim rant, but um, I think some of the teams are starting to realize that the, more effective way to win slash build an effective team is to have more of that distribution among your top scorers and your top contributors that you need a bunch of guys to be able to help you win especially with as players miss more games because of injuries and just the load management uh, philosophy that's kind of come into the nba you need more more good players it's not like you want one or two players and then that are great. And then have a huge drop off it. That formula just does not seem to be working the way it it was. I I didn't say it. You did, but, (laughs) uh, but yeah, I think, I think people are seeing that. I mean, you, you need everybody involved and your, your chances of winning are so much higher than if you have everything focused around one guy and then everyone, it's a bunch of role players around them.
3: Yeah. And, and that's the thing that we're enjoying ourselves as Pelicans fans uh, so, Jim, that was that was a good one. I feel I feel peppy. I feel happy now. I'm Excellent. ready to walk on sunshine. Yeah,
4: I can't wait. I'm ready for uh, the tip-off tonight in Indiana.
3: Yeah, let's hope it keeps the mood going. The Pelicans facing the Pacers tonight. So be sure to tune in on the radio on 99.5 WRNO or on the Pelicans app. Or you can check it out on Bally Sports with Mr. Joel Myers. Uh, We are the Pelicans podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. The Pelicans podcast, as always, is sponsored by SeatGeek. Jim Eichenhofer and I will be back in a couple days. So until then, go Pels.
2: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.
6: Infinity presents a new
5: chapter in luxury.